It is when we flow with the anointing, that is, go with what the Holy Spirit is doing, that we see, experience and receive from what He is doing at any given moment. Hence, we must develop sensitivity to the Spirit, sensitivity to the moving, stirring and the flow of the Spirit. Over the last uh, several Sundays, we've been talking and dwelling on the theme of the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, this morning is our last lesson or last message in the series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, it doesn't mean we won't talk about it, any, talk about the subject anymore. It means uh, we'll, we'll you know, do other things. We'll, we will definitely be coming back to this theme on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit over and over again. Uh, but in this message here this morning, I want us to learn something about the flow of the anointing. Uh, this morning about the flow of the anointing. So we're going to spend some time um, talking about that and then just see how the Lord would lead us uh, towards the end of the service. And not, not necessarily, this is not necessarily a very long message um, as, we, as we talk about the flow of the anointing. Uh, last Sunday we talked about, um, uh, we mentioned the fact that the anointing is tangible. That means the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you talk about the anointing, we're talking about the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. That means he is here. His presence is here. His power is here. That's the anointing. His presence and power over your life. That's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we said last Sunday that the anointing is tangible. That means you're able to become aware of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of us as believers, we can learn to recognize the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And the reason we learned, the reason we recognize the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is so that we will then begin to move and do in line with what he wants to have happen at any given place. See, it's not like, whoa, I feel the Holy Spirit now. Very nice, very nice. You know. So what? The next step is when you recognize his presence, you must say, Lord, what are you saying? What do you want me to do? Because when we learn to move or flow with the anointing, means we move with what we see him do. That's when we will see the greatest results. That's when we will see his power at work, his presence and power released in our midst. So uh, this morning, as we talk, the key point here is this, that as we flow with the anointing, that is as we go with what the Holy Spirit is doing, what we see, experience, and receive from the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, that's when we see and we receive from what he's doing, experience from what he's doing at that given moment. Amen? You see, like Jesus put it like this. He said, I do nothing of myself. I only do what I see the Father do. Meaning, I see, he says, my Father works hitherto. My Father's working like this. That's why I'm also doing this. Meaning, he's not moving on his own, but whatever he's seeing, and hearing from heaven is what he is doing here on. And that's what we must also learn to do. Whatever we see him do, what we hear him say, we respond and we go with that. And that is simply what we call as flowing with the anointing. Just learning to move according to the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's just talk about this this morning and, and explore this subject a little bit. Uh, so that you and I can gain some, some understanding on this and then we will... Uh, uh, we will practice it this morning you know if we strive with our own fleshly energy we can you know work up some emotion in people you know we can make people cry you tell them really sad story like cry with you <laughs> feel so sorry for you i mean 
with our human energy, we can evoke an emotional response from people. That's why you go watch a movie, and in the middle of the movie, you're wiping it. <laughs> it happens, right? Or you go listen to some musical, and they, they're singing some song, and in the middle, oh, is that crying with the song? You know, this, it evokes a response. It happens, all of us. So with our fleshly energy, we can evoke a response from people. No big deal. Even they do it in the theaters. Anybody can do that. But our goal in ministering is not to evoke an emotional response because the moment you leave the theater, you're back to your normal self. You kick the cat, chase the dog, you know, do whatever you normally do. All permanent change comes by the work of the Holy Spirit, not by fleshly energy. He said this last Sunday, right? So even though we could work people up into some sort of emotion, make them feel like this, feel like that, the moment your service is over, they'll go back to their own, doing their own thing. But when we flow with the anointing and when the anointing of the Holy Spirit touches somebody, they will be forever changed. They will be changed permanently. Yokes of bondage will be broken. Burdens will be removed. There will be a deep change inside. It may be unexplainable, but it's permanent. It's real. It's more than that emotional response you walk by human fleshly energy. Amen? So that's why it's important for us to stay tuned with the spirit and learn to flow with what he wants done, say the things he wants said, because we know when we do that, there'll be lasting change in the lives of people. Our goal is not just to obtain uh, and evoke an emotional response in people, because that's, that's just fleeting, it will go away. But transformation comes as a result of the work of the spirit. Now just look at some passages that talk about the flow of the anointing. We see over and over again in the life of Jesus that the anointing flowed out of Jesus. That means the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit was released in a tangible way out of the person of Jesus. It flowed, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. So look at some scripture here uh, in Mark chapter 5 verses 24 to 34. And I'll just read this passage. We are all very familiar with it. So just read through it in Mark chapter 5, verses 24 to 34. Uh, it's talking about that situation where uh, there was uh, Jesus going with Jairus to his house. There was a big crowd of people all around Jesus. And here we pick up in that story in verse 24. So Jesus went with him, that's Jairus, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. So there's so many people all around Jesus, you know, just wanting to be around him, find out what's going on, pushing him and all of that. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. He knew in himself, something's gone out of me. This, this flow, hey, this flow took place. The presence and the power of the Holy Spirit took place. The flow, he knew himself in himself that the power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you? And you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. 
to look at this story. We've read it many, many times. There's this big crowd of people are touching Jesus. Nothing's happening to them. No power is flowing. But when a woman, she has a problem, but she has, a, has the faith that if I just touch his garments, I mean, I don't even want him to lay a hand on me, nothing big. I'm just going to touch the hem, the edge of his garments. That's her faith. If I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. Is that, that's her faith. And she goes, she does that very thing. She makes her way to the cross. She touches that, the hem of his garment. And immediately what happens? There's a flow of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's almost like when all the others were touching him, the switch was off. But when the woman touched him, the switch came on. Power flows. What was the difference? She touched in faith. She touched with expectation. She said, something is going to happen to me when I touch him. So faith's important in the flow of the anointing. So when we minister, when you are ministering to somebody or when people are ministering to you, it's important to have faith that that moment when they lay hands on me, that moment that word is spoken over my life, something will happen. I'm expecting the flow of the Holy Spirit touch my body. And expectation must be there. That's what this woman had. Amen? She had that expectation. The others didn't. They were more curious. Let me see what's going on. Let me see if Jesus has any tricks up his thing. You know, I mean, like, is he doing some magic here? They all, you know, they come with all kinds of reasons. But this woman came with expectation knowing that when I touch his garment, something will happen to me. I will be healed. And notice what this, the verse, the passage says. Jesus knowing in himself that power went out of, he could feel it was tangible to him that the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit was released through him into this woman. And that's why he turned around and said, who touched me? Because this, this was a different kind of touch. Something happened. When, when she touched Jesus, there was the flow of the anointing. Amen? Now keep this in mind. Uh, we'll, we'll just let's look at some more scripture. We'll come back to the statement I want to make. In Mark chapter 5 and verse 56, we have another record. It says, wherever he entered, Jesus, into villages, cities or the country they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch just touch the hem of his garment so you know the next day ndtv cbnc and all of the flashing the hem of his garment break headlights the hem of his garment the hem of his garment this woman with an issue of blood for 12 years touched the hem of his garment so everybody i want to touch the hem of his garment you know so wherever Jesus went, people came with expectation. It says they just wanted to touch the hem of his. I just they want to touch. So what that? What happened to that woman will happen to me as well. I just want to touch the hem of his garment. And the Bible records here: as many as touched him were made. The same thing happened. There was a flow of the anointing, and they were healed. Luke chapter six, verse nineteen. It says. The whole multitude sought to touch him for power. That's the flow of the anointing. Went out from him and healed them all. Power went out of him. There was a flow of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it healed all of them. Those who touched him in faith. What I want to encourage us this morning to understand. Is that the Lord Jesus has given us the same Holy Spirit. Amen. He did not give a different Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit who flowed through his life has come to dwell in you and me. To rest upon you and me. And we must just learn to be channels of Holy Spirit power. 
Amen. That when we lay hands on people, we do it with expectation that there will be the flow of the anointing and many times it will be tangible to you. You can also know that something's gone out from you into them. When, people, when you come for prayer, when you come to have hands laid on you or minister to you or sometimes even not even necessary as we'll see later on, uh, not even necessary to have hands laid on you. But when you come into that environment where people are having faith and expectation for the flow of the anointing, you must expect that the power of God will flow through you, into you, into your body, into your circumstance, into your situation, and things will happen. Amen? And it will. It will. And notice also it says that Jesus went about in villages, in cities, in towns, in the marketplaces. Right? So the flow of the anointing took place where? In a church service where there was this wonderful worship team singing this beautiful song. I mean, thank God for that. I'm not in any way putting that down. What I'm saying is we need to change our mindset thinking that, oh, the anointing flows only oh, in, in church services. No, Jesus was doing it in the market. That means in those days, the marketplaces, you know, must have been really dirty and dusty, not like our air-conditioned malls. But thank God, today, you may not be going into Russell Market, but you may be going in Orion Mall or whatever mall. That's the marketplace. You may be sitting in your air-conditioned office. That's the marketplace. You may be sitting in a government office, in a school, wherever. That's the marketplace. The anointing can flow through you in the marketplace. Amen? Let's put our hands up. Say this with me. The anointing can flow through me in the marketplace. Amen? In the marketplace. Expect the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to be released through you to touch lives, to make a difference in people. Things will happen. The anointing also envelops an entire place. For example, in Luke chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, It happened on a certain day as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, so imagine this. This was a small building. People had gathered together. And the Bible says the power of the Lord, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Lord was present in that atmosphere. Now, these Pharisees didn't come there to hear his teaching and believe and learn. These Pharisees and teachers of the law came to find fault with him. They came to criticize him. They came to find something wrong. That's why they were sitting there. And yet, it says, the power of the Lord was present. The point is, it doesn't matter who the people are, the power of the Lord can still be present. Don't say like, oh, I had the wrong crowd. That's why there was no anointing. Don't make that excuse. Jesus did it. He said, man, they were all Pharisees and and all waiting to find fault with them. That's why there was no power present. No, it was the other way. When the Pharisees and these people had come to find fault with Jesus, the Bible says the power of the Lord was present. Now they didn't recognize it, but it was present. So it enveloped the whole gathering. And, and, and so we expect the same thing here. When we come together to worship God, to hear the word, we're expecting the power of God to fill this place. To be in that atmosphere of the anointing. That the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit fills the gathering, covers the entire gathering. Look at another interesting example here of the flow of the anointing. And Peter's shadow, this is in Acts 5, verses 14 through 16. 
and all believers, talking about the early church here, it says all the, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who are tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. The power of the Lord was so present, it says that through Peter's shadow, people were delivered, demons were cast out, and the sick were. Now the shadow is not a tangible thing. It's not something you can feel or handle in that aspect. But God used even something like that to make it a conduit, to make it a channel of the flow of the anointing, which tells us that God can use anything and even surprising, surprisingly new ways of releasing is, is anointing. The flow of the Spirit can happen in, in many, many different ways. We just need to recognize what God is doing. So just imagine how this must have happened. Peter must have been walking one afternoon, must be really hungry, really rushing into the temple. I don't know what he's doing. Suddenly shadow is falling and a person gets healed. He says, hey, what happened? I didn't touch you. You didn't touch me. But something happened, yeah? He walks past another guy and something happened. Then he realizes wherever he's going, wherever his shadow falls, things are happening. And the news spreads. Hey, between 11 a.m. and 12 a.m., when Peter's walking down this road and heading out to Solomon's porch, the sun is in the east and his shadow falls on the west. You line up on the other side and let his shadow come on you because there's the flow of the anointing through that shadow. So everybody comes. The news spreads. Again, it must be all those TV channels. And, then, and the news spreads. The people come all over just to let the shadow of Peter fall on them. God was doing something unusual. Never before have you read about Anybody's shadow healing anybody? And you don't read about it after that? But God was doing something unusual. The flow of the anointing was taking place through something as intangible as a shadow. So we must remain open to fresh ways and new ways in which the anointing can flow. I want to just, I want us to just, and I'm just getting ready to close, not too much more here. Um, I want us to look at some typology of, of, the, of the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is represented by many different pictures in the Bible. Uh, and we just look at a couple of them. One is wind. For example, in John chapter 3 verse 8, Jesus said, The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Meaning, you can feel the wind blowing, but at that moment where you're standing there, you don't necessarily know, hey, where this all started until where this wind is going to blow. But you can feel the wind blowing. Meaning the experience is very real, even though you don't have a complete explanation for the experience. Amen? So is the flow of the anointing. At that given moment, you can recognize the wind blowing. People may ask you a lot of questions. I mean, how was the feeling? Was it hot? Was it cold? Did it happen like this? Happen like Say, look, man, I just know it happens. I may not be able to put this in words. I, can't, I may not be able to capture that uh, with and articulate what I am experiencing. But my experience cannot be denied even though it cannot be explained. Amen? Can't deny it. I, I know the Spirit is moving. 
so but, but but how i may not be able to articulate it there are no words to explain but i know when the wind is blowing same thing with you and i amen so we must learn don't always let your lack of explanation to this keep you from moving with the spirit when you sense the holy spirit moving yield to the wind go where the wind is blowing so when you think about the wind you can imagine you know the the uh, sailing on the sea and you've got to sail on and and you need to position yourself so that you can leverage the the, the wind blowing and and then cause that to move cause uh, take advantage of that so that that boat or the ship can sail similarly when you feel the wind blowing pick up on it and 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 take take advantage and the wind is blowing don't try to always figure it out just go with the flow where the spirit of god's blowing Another picture is that of the the water in John 7:38 and 39 Jesus said he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the holy spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified so the work of the spirit now is being compared to the flow of rivers of living water meaning this is uh, this is not a little drop or little trickle but it's a flow of rivers so mighty torrent a moving uh, of water and 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 the, and the work of the holy spirit is compared to that so when the river is flowing you go with the flow learn to just go along with what the spirit of god seeks to do at any given moment now you could draw a little comparison here to somebody who does windsurfing and i just want to you know read this little portion now it was written by a man named Kevin Cook who was a worship he is a worship leader but i think he captures this very nicely i'll just read this little paragraph here flowing in the spirit is a natural effect of a life in christ what i mean by flowing in the spirit can be described in many ways i like the image of a surfer in the ocean catching a wave through spending years in the ocean you notice trends in the waves and can tell where they are heading you can notice when the current begins to change pulling you in and letting you know when the wave is coming your senses have been attuned to know when the wave will reach its breaking point and through years of practice and experience you have learned to position yourself to sit in the perfect location to catch the wave your senses are also keen to know when to start paddling to catch the wave in stride suddenly it's no longer you who are paddling you catch the wave and the power of the wave moves you forward directing both your speed and destination so it is with flowing in the spirit through spending countless hours with the lord in prayer contemplation scripture and worship we develop our senses discernment wisdom and understanding our spirits learn to discern changes in the atmosphere we learn to position ourselves to be vessels of god's move and in patience we wait for the waves to come wisdom and discernment guide us in moving forward as we receive revelation the wave then we allow the revelation take us wherever god is leading i like this nice picture that he paints with his words of catching the wave and letting the wave take us where it wants us to go so this morning i want to impress all of us here as we learn about the person and and the work of the holy spirit that both as individuals and as a corporate gathering of people we must become sensitive to the flow of the anointing and go where the spirit of god is leading us we must learn to yield to the anointing 
He wants to go a certain way. We'll go with that. We must flow with the spirit. Whether it's in our worship times. In our preaching of the word. In our ministering to people. Become sensitive. Because it is as we flow with the anointing. That is go with what the Holy Spirit is doing. That we see, experience and receive from what he is doing. At any given moment. So wherever you are. Whether you're out there in the, in the marketplace. Monday to Friday. Monday to Saturday at work. And you become when you sense the Holy Spirit moving on you, when it comes as a weight, as a stirring in your heart, as a, as a wind that blows in your spirit, something happens. You know, Spirit of God is saying, do this. Yield yourself to it. Because that's when you will see the work of God being released through you. Amen? And even when we gather corporately, our goal should be, Holy Spirit, come take over. You take over. We'll follow. You move. We are ready to follow. Now, one of the beautiful things some of that we experienced was in our last church camp. We were there on, I think it was the last day. And some of you were there. And as usual, you know, we had our plan for the day. We'll have a 30-minute worship and then uh, have a session, then have a tea break and have another session and then go for lunch. And, you know, the regular schedule we had. And we began worship that, that morning. That 30 minute went on for almost three hours, nonstop. Some of you were there. We just went with the flow. The beautiful part is... I think there must have been about 200 people in that room. None of them were complaining. No one complained. Everyone was in the flow. They knew God was doing something. Our schedules were left aside. Plan was left aside. No need of the teaching or the message, everything. The Holy Spirit had taken over. It's so we're all going. And the beautiful thing is at the end of it, you say, what happened? Well, there were so many people who received a word from God. Healings took place even without great praying or anything. We didn't have any altar call. I'm not sure if we did or not, but there wasn't any. That wasn't the focus. Um, so many things happened. The lives of people. God just moved. And we yielded to it. We didn't put our program above his presence. His presence superseded our plans and our programs. Amen? And that's the way it should always be. When we come to worship and God decides to do something different, just go with that. We flow with the anointing. Otherwise, we just stick to what we know. We just go with it. God still works either way. Our goal is to follow the flow of the anointing of the Spirit. He is in our midst. Amen? We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.